All right. Well, good morning, church. Hey, would you guys go ahead and did you guys bring your Bibles? I brought mine. All right. Um, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. And this morning, we're actually going to uh, continue our series on Bless This Mess. Speaking of mess, I'm just dropping things left and right here. Okay. Uh, and um, before we do that, as Renee said, we'd love to have you guys join us for water baptism. You know, uh, our guitar player and the chairman of uh, council, Charles Che, he was in, he's been flying to D.C. every week. <laughs> and so for almost three weeks straight, and then he had to make it back. He goes, oh, our church has water baptism. And, you know, Washington, D.C., and they're in the East Coast. They're like, what? Like baptism in the Pacific Ocean? And Chell said, yes, that's why I have to fly home because we have water baptism. So please come out and join us. Bring a lawn chair. Bring, we'll have football. Anybody here have Portuguese horseshoes? Bring that if you have it. If you have an ukulele, maybe we could have like a kani kapila or something, like a jam session. Just make sure you come, come out and join. Uh, after service, a couple of our guys are actually putting up the flags right now. We have a permit, and we're going to get baptizing today, all right? Sounds good? All right, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. And today, I just want to set a foundation because I think oftentimes we, we want things from God and we, we, we want to seek things from God and get things from God and want God to bless us. But I want to lay a foundation this morning that, uh, that we want to bless God because He first blessed us. And the premise of this uh, message then, if you pull out your notes, is uh, spiritual blessings in Christ, okay? Spiritual blessings in Christ. You know, we just celebrated Easter, what, three weeks ago? And, um, and I said this before that in, because Jesus resurrected from the dead, and to catch this, we, con we don't pray or we, we don't contend for victory like, oh, I need to be victorious in this, I need to... No, no, no. We don't contend for victory. We come from a place of victory. Because Christ resurrected, because he defeated, he defeated sin, death, hell, and Satan, we could come from this place that Jesus became victorious for us, and that is the place that we are contending for victory. In the same way with blessing, right? We come before God as like, oh Lord, bless, bless my health, bless my kids, bless my business, bless my family. And may I submit to you this morning that we don't contend for blessing, but we come from a place of blessing. And specifically, we come from a spiritual blessing that we have in Christ Jesus. And so with our Bibles, if we could all stand together, let's turn to our text, which is Ephesians chapter 1, verses uh, 3 to 14. And I'll be reading from the ESV version, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. Okay. And let's have your Bibles. You could follow along with your eyes. I'll go ahead and read verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us to adoptions as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. 
In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him, verse 10, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise." who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, God, completely dependent, completely reliant, completely in need of your grace. Lord, we are very temporal creatures. Lord, we get caught up with things, O oh Lord God, that have a very temporal and momentary value. Lord, we stress out. We get anxious about things, O oh Lord God, that ultimately do not matter. So Lord, we need your grace, O oh God, because your word says that the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord, it endures forever. So Lord, we need to anchor, grow our roots deep, into the solid rock, which is you, Jesus. We need to ground our foundation in your word, your everlasting, eternal, inspired word, God-breathed word of God. And Lord, I pray, God, that this morning we would have a fresh encounter. Give us the spirit of revelation, a spirit of insight, Lord. As Psalm 118 says, Verse 9, that open my eyes that I would see wonderful things from your law. Lord, there's wonderful things in here. We just need the eyes to see. We just need the ears to hear. We just need a mind to understand your simple truth. And we need a heart, Lord, to welcome it as inspired. So, Lord, would you give us hands and feet to live out in obedience what you have spoken to us so that we could become more like your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So you guys, you and I have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And we're going to turn to our text. And so um, instead of like a fill in the blank this morning, with your Bibles, if you don't have your Bibles, we have the notes. Uh, I'm going to show you guys and we're going to walk through how to kind of study the Bible. How to not necessarily read the Bible, but have the Bible read us, okay? The technical term for this is called exegesis. It's from the Greek word ek, meaning from, Jesus, deseo, meaning read. Read from the text. Allow that you don't read into it what you want to hear, what you want to see, what you want to experience, but let the text itself speak to us. And, and so, um, this is one of the cool things, you guys, about why we have a ministry center, because um, around September this year, after everybody gets back from vacation, right, and gets back to school, we're going to have 
midweek services. We're going to have like um, life journaling class, how to do devotions. We're going to have a bunch of cool stuff in the ministry center. And so, um, but I wanted to give us like a foundation of studying the Bible, reading the Bible, asking questions, making observations, and from this, develop an understanding of who God is and having a... Uh, a theological and a biblical worldview, okay? Does this sound good to you guys? All right, you guys have your pens? All right, and you know, we went extra fancy this morning, and it didn't work first service, but we made it work now. So look, so now it mirrors. Oh, snap. Oh, all right. Okay, so um, go ahead and open your Bibles and mark up your Bibles, okay? And then if you don't have your Bibles, then go ahead and get your pens, and let's mark up those uh, notes, okay? Mark up scripture, okay? Spiritual blessings in Christ. So first things first, all right? Look at this. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, okay? So the first thing is we want to circle the word, oh, fancy, right? Ow! Okay, we want to circle the word blessed, okay? The word blessed there, um, in the NIV, it says praise, okay? And uh, the word there in Greek, eulagetos, means this is where you get the word eulage, eulogy, right? This is where you get the word eulogy, meaning that God, we're to speak blessings and praise unto God. You know, next month, on June 17th, my mom is turning 70 years old. And so what she requested was, Hoy, John, John, you better come here to, uh, to Los Angeles and, you know, I don't want you to say nice things about me when I'm dead, okay? I want you to say nice things when I'm alive. So I want you to write a good sermon and, and speak nice things about me, okay? And tell the kids to memorize a special number, like a song. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so it goes, I don't want, I don't want to, to hear that when, the, when I'm, I want to hear it when I'm alive. I'm like, okay. So you want us to eulogize you when you're, and you want to, he goes, yes. I'm like, okay. It's your birthday. You can cry if you want to, all right? And so my mom for her 70th birthday, June 7th, which is the same birthday as Ezra, so my mom's turning 70, Ezra's turning four, we wrote a blessing from the Lord, um, she wants people to eulogize or to bless or to praise her. And this is the, this is the word here, it's that we're to bless or speak or worship or praise who? God and Father. God and Father, we could put here the great comparison, uh, the great Shema, meaning, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, our God, He's one God. That God and Father refers to God, all right? The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And He says, this who here, it gives us the reason why. So the action is to what? Bless God. Why should you and I bless God? Because He first blessed who? Us. Does he, did He bless us with material blessing? No, He goes, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And so, let me just play spoiler here, okay? Okay, is that okay? Because 
I don't know if you watched Endgame, but I'm that dude because I'm the youngest of four children and I'm little Kolohe and I always spoiled it. So when Sixth Sense came out, I told everybody coming in the movie theater, Bruce Willis is a ghost. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. <laughs> but Endgame. No, I'm just kidding. Thanos is. No, I'm just kidding. Um, here's the spoiler for you guys, okay? That this word blessed here is, um, I think, if you put in here First uh, Peter 1, 3, and 2 Corinthians 1, 3. Now, these are the other times that this word blessed occurs. The Hebrew word of that is baraka. And so what happens in the Old Testament is in Psalms, they would have like, bless God, um, the, bless God, uh, the God of Israel, our Lord, the God of Israel. And it would be a one-sentence thing. So 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, Blessed be God, um, the God of all mercies and the Father of all comfort, who comforts us with the same affliction with which he comforted unto himself. And so there's this idea of blessing God. And the cool thing, the mind-blowing thing about Ephesians 1.3-14 is that in original language in Greek this is actually one sentence that this is the longest sentence in the Bible 11 verses where Paul he was just supposed to be like blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ you know what just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless you know what? In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. And we, we have adoption. And He predestined us before the foundation. So what Paul begins to do then, he was supposed to do this one sentence, one verse thing, but he goes on for 11 verses, blessing, praising, eulogizing God. See, oftentimes we, we want, oh God, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless my family, bless my marriage, bless my health. But Paul's like, man, he, he was just supposed to write this one sentence blessing, but he goes for 11 verses and how, and he begins to list down and enumerate the blessings of God. So here we go. So blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who... Why should we bless him? Because he blesses with every spiritual blessing in Christ, okay? Here's the first one. Just as he chose us. Well, before that, what we want to do, so this prepositional phrase in Christ, let's put a tally counter, one, okay? I'll just spoil it for you guys, okay? Almost in every verse, there's this prepositional phrase, in Christ. In Christ Jesus, meaning that spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, in the heavenly places, are only found where? In Christ Jesus. Verse 4, it will give us the first spiritual blessing that we have. Look at that. It says, just as he what? Chose us, so the theological term of this is election. Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you that you should go and what? Bear fruit. So God chose us, but how did God choose us? And what's fear? In him. So this is the second time the word in Christ occurs. Okay? 
that in Christ Jesus, He chose us when? Before the foundation of the world. Before there was the moon, the stars, the sky, before the Hawaiian islands formed from the middle of the Pacific Ocean into little islands, before the world was founded, God imagined, God thought of, God predestined that He would have a people unto Himself. Now, the Bible presents a biblical tension between election, individual election versus like collective election. What do I mean? I think oftentimes we as Westerners, as Americans, we're all about my rights, my truth, my perception, my reality, and we want it to be individual. And when we read Ephesians 1.3, we, we want to say, oh, God chose me before the foundation of the world, and we want it to be us-centered. But I think it says God chose us. It's in the plural. God chose you all, meaning it is the church that God redeemed he chose a people unto himself before he even made the mountains and the valleys and the deserts and the sea and the sky and the trees god imagined god being outside of time and space he's like okay i'm gonna have a people unto myself and before he even made the world he chose the body of christ believers he chose us before the foundation of the world um, could we have the whiteboard? Is it out or no? Probably not. So what we can do is that look at this uh, purpose clause that that we would be holy and blameless before Him. So this, you guys, is the purpose why God chose the church. God chose you and I to be a part of the church so that we could be holy and blameless meaning that you and I are to live lives that are separate, that we just don't go as the world does. Romans chapter 12, right? Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So here we go. So this word in Christ, right? This preposition phrase in Christ, we already have it twice, okay? And because I'm a spoiler like that, this is what we call a preposition of sphere, meaning that this in Christ is what? Every spiritual blessing, right? Spiritual blessing. So if you're in the sphere, if you're in the circle of being in Christ, you have every spiritual blessing, right? The first one in verse 4, it says that you there's a spiritual blessing of election, that God chose us before the foundation of the world, that we'd be holy and blameless before Him in love. Let's go to, down to verse 5, okay? Now i got to switch, okay? He predestined, so this is SB, spiritual blessing number two, that He predestined us to adoption as sons. Now, the reason why Paul put sons there is because in the patriarchal society that they lived in, only the males or the sons would receive inheritance. So what, what Paul is saying here is that, man, if you're in Christ Jesus, you have the spiritual inheritance in Christ Jesus, and the spiritual there is what? Adoption. 
that you and I are adopted. Adoption, and there's predestination. Now, let me just say this off the bat, okay? Over 10 times, this phrase, in Christ, happens in Ephesians 1, 3 to 14. And in each one, it's most likely a, a preposition of sphere, meaning it is in Christ. Every spiritual blessing, you guys, that is available in heaven, God has provided for you and for me, but it is only when, if you're in the sphere of being in Christ. Because two pe people usually come up with two ways in regards to spirituality, okay, or religion. Number one, they come up with morality. I'm a good person. I take care of my family. I don't cheat on my taxes. I try, to, I try not to cuss. I try not to drink. I try to be a good provider for my family. I, I want to have a good, um, I give a good foundation of education for my kids. But listen, you guys, your morality cannot save you. Your morality cannot save the fact that the wages of sin is death that the reason why everybody dies is because everybody has sinned against God. And God, when he looks at you, it is not a system of your goods are going to outweigh your bads. That if you do more good, then hopefully you'll make it to heaven. Like if you're to ask people, like, hey, when you die, do you think you're going to go to heaven? What do people say? I hope so. That's false humility. You know what that really is? That's pride because you, you hope that you're, the good that you've done will outweigh the bad that you've done. That's no way to live. There's no security. No amount of going to church, of tithing, of providing for your family is going to take care of the fact that you owe God. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. So morality cannot save you. Here's the second part, flip side of the coin, immorality cannot satisfy you. When it comes to religion, like, oh, I don't need that Jesus stuff. I'm going to do whatever that I, I want. Whatever the heck I want. I'm going to spend my money whatever I want. I could sleep around with whoever I want. And I'm just going to live like the whatever the way I want. So morality cannot save you. Immorality cannot satisfy you. Jesus does both. Jesus saves your soul and Jesus satisfies your soul. And every spiritual blessing that is available from God himself, it's only available if you are in Christ Jesus. That you could live your whole life, 80 years, 90 years on this earth, and not go to prison, and not go to jail, and avoid all these different things, but you've still sinned against a holy God. Your morality cannot save you. Your immorality will not satisfy you, but Jesus does both. And if you are in Christ Jesus, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places is yours, all right? Let's go to verse 6, okay? And we'll try to close this up. And to the praise of His glorious grace, so the purpose that God predestined us is to what? Adopt us, 
for an inheritance, and it's to his kind intention of his will. Okay? The God's intention, his heart for you, Jeremiah 29, 11, is not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. 1 Corinthians 13, that love is patient, that love is kind, that God is not mean-spirited, that he has a kind plan for your life, right? Through Christ Jesus. And what is the purpose of predestination? Look at verse 6. We'll put an equal signs. Predestination should lead to what? To the praise of his, the glory of his grace. So our spiritual blessing, our forgiveness of our sins, our redemption, our election, our adoption, it should lead to the praise of the living God, okay? Which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. So that is the third time we have in Christ, okay? I think we'll close off with this, verses 7 through 8. Okay, in him, oh, well, there's another one, number four. In Christ Jesus, we have what? Redemption, okay? So this is number four. We have redemption. What is redemption through, how can redemption be attained? Through his blood. This is what we call a metonymy, meaning blood represents the death of Jesus. It is through his death that we have life. It's because Jesus was cursed that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Through the death of Jesus, what happens? We have redemption. What is redemption? It is the forgiveness of our trespasses. And I love this. According to the riches of His grace, which He lavished on us. The reason why Jesus Christ can forgive your past, present, and future mistakes, things that you're not even about to commit, but you're going to commit right after service, right? Listen, it's because God, He is a God of redemption. He's a God of forgiveness according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished on us. The riches of His grace. Now, if you think about it, at one point in time, the richest man on the face of planet Earth was about 19 years ago, was Bill Gates, okay? And Bill Gates, they actually had a website, it's called the Bill Gates Wealth Index, where they just kinda just unpacked the ridiculousness of his wealth. And at one point in time, he had a net worth of over $100 billion, that's right, $100 billion with a B, okay? And because of inflation and different things, the stock market went down, it went to 55 million. Oh, poor Bill Gates, 55 billion. All right. Considering when I did the study in the year 2000, from 1975 to year 2000, these 25 years when Microsoft was founded, if you presume that he worked 14 hours a day on every business day of the year since then, that means Bill Gates has been making money at a staggering $1 million per hour, $300 per second. That's a lot of wealth, the riches of Bill Gates. You know how crazy it is? They said, if Bill Gates was walking in Seattle to his office, and he was walking around, and he saw a $1,000 bill, he should just go on and not pick that up. Why? $300 a second. One. Two, oh, three, four, five, oh, six. He lost 1,800. <laughs> he should have just went straight to work, right? 
that is crazy rich Asian. He's not even Asian, but anyways, <laughs> that's crazy rich, right? Now, if, if you think about the wealth of Bill Gates, if you, if you were to come with your student loan, mm, can I get an amen, <laughs> right? If you were to come with your student loan as like, hey, Bill, I have like 20,000 student loan. I can't, I've had, I graduated 20 years ago. I still can't pay it off, right? <laughs> and you ask him to forgive it according to his riches. Will he cancel that debt? Yes, if he wanted to, right? How about if you came to him with your mortgage? With his $55 billion net worth. And it's like, oh. I owe 1.2 in my home, or I owe 750,000 in my home. Do you think you'd pay it according to your riches, Bill Gates? Could you pay that? So, yeah, easy. What can allow God to forgive our sins? How come we don't have to pay for the penalty of our sins and suffer for our sins? Because through the riches of God's grace, He unleashed His wrath, His fury, His anger at His own Son in Jesus Christ at the cross. And those who would believe in Christ, if you're in the sphere, if you raise your hand, if you believe, Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Christ and that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you go all in on that, in Christ Jesus, that is where you have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. The gospel is this, that you get Jesus. The gospel, of, the, gospel the good news of Jesus, it is Jesus, period. It is never Jesus, comma. It is never Jesus, plus. It's Jesus, period. It is not Jesus plus a nice home, Jesus plus a good family, Jesus plus a healthy marriage, Jesus plus good health. It's Jesus plus. Why? Because every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places have been given to you in Christ Jesus. Stop searching elsewhere. Don't look for the approval and recognition of your peers to feel your self-worth. Don't look for the joy and satisfaction in a relationship of having a husband or having a child. Find your satisfaction and your joy in Christ Jesus, period, and everything else. Man, that's just icing on the cake. That's cherry on top because we have Jesus face to face. You know, there's a story about Ali Fasid. Ali Fasid was a, had a small farm and he had a family. One day, the story goes, a Buddhist priest came by and said to Ali Fasid, you know, Ali, there's these uh, valuable stones called diamonds, and if you get one of these, man, Ali, man, you could be a wealthy man. Ali Fasid went to bed that night, but the words of the old Buddhist priest haunted him. He was so obsessed that he felt that he must find him one of these diamonds so that he could become a ruler. So he sold his farm put his family out to his neighbors, and he went out to find his acres of diamonds. Months passed. He was broken in body and in spirit. His funds were gone, and at the Bay of Barcelona, he threw himself into the water, never to walk this earth again. Meanwhile, the man who bought his farm bent over one day and picked up a dark little stone he laid it on the mantle that night, not knowing what it was. 
A few days later, the old Buddhist priest came by and saw it and exclaimed, Ali Fasid must be back from his search. No came the response. Then where did that diamond come from? The farmer replied, I was out plowing in the garden and I found it there. In Ali Fasid's own backyards, there were acres of diamonds and he knew it not. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house than a thousand elsewheres. As a deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for the living God. You have diamonds in your own backyard in Christ Jesus, and yet we seek, we search to things and to stuff and to relationships to satisfy our soul. It's only a place, it's only a puka or a void that only Jesus can fill. Jesus has given you every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. This is why our brothers and sisters in, in Sri Lanka, in the Middle East, in Indonesia, are being persecuted for their faith. I have Jesus. That's all I need. Stop looking elsewhere. Stop going to broken cisterns and empty jars. Go to the source of living water, Jeremiah says. Israel, I have this one thing against you. You have left the fountain of living water and you've gone to these broken cisterns and you've been temporarily satisfied, but it doesn't fill you for the long term. It is only through Jesus Christ. It is only through this spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And so this is, this is where we stand, folks. This is all we got. Jesus, the gospel, the good news, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Diamonds in our own backyard. We get to worship every day. We get to have practice for the things that, we, that we'll do for all of eternity. When we open the Bible, God reveals himself. The Holy Spirit draws you unto himself. Martin Luther says, I feel the Bible calling to me. It bids me to come and read. Charles Spurgeon said, man, a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to a person whose life is not. Let's go to the living water. Stand firm in the gospel. Believe in the Lord Jesus. If you have not gotten baptized, water baptism is not a graduation where you're just like, okay, I think I believe long enough now. I'm, I think I'm ready to get baptized. No, water baptism is a foundation of your obedience to follow Christ. You don't need to be saved to be baptized, but you need to be baptized to be a disciple of Christ. You can go to heaven without baptism, but you cannot be a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, if you are not baptized. Take the plunge, literally. Take the plunge. Follow the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Set a culture for your family. Set a precedence over your marriage that this is, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to give everything to Him. I am all in. Jesus saves my soul, and He satisfies me more than I can imagine. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this morning. We thank you, Lord God. And we bless you this morning. We praise you, God, because every spiritual blessing is available to us in Christ Jesus. That we've been chosen, that we've been forgiven, that we've been set free, 
that we've been justified, that we've been glorified, we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, that we've been redeemed. Anything that we could think of, any blessing spiritually, you've downpoured it to us, Lord. So, Father, I pray as we take communion this morning, may you examine our hearts, O oh God. Examine our hearts of the broken cisterns, the empty water jugs that we go to for sustenance and for life. Or things in this world that, that fills our soul but leaves us wanting, leaves us lacking because you are the good shepherd, Lord. You cause us to lie down in green pastures. You lead us beside still waters, Lord. You restore our souls. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the, day of our, all the days of our lives. So, Father, would you examine our lives right now? Lord, if they are calling some people to get baptized today, this is the day. Today is the day of salvation. And so, Lord, I pray as we eat of the bread and drink of the cup, that you'd cleanse us, make us pure, Lord, make us clean so that we could serve you, Lord, with a pure heart and a clean conscience and a sincere faith. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.